Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hello, it's Zara here. This week we'll be updating you on the new restrictions in the UK and parts of Europe due to the ongoing pandemic. We'll also be talking about the Great Barrier Reef losing half its corals, the planet Mars, World Mental Health Day and Ada Lovelace Day. Finally, Rose will be telling you about Prince William and Sir David Attenborough joining forces on the Earthshot Prize. I'm going to kick off this podcast with an update on the coronavirus pandemic, which is again dominating the headlines as a second wave appears to be taking place in a lot of countries. In England, new three-tier rules were introduced from the 14th of October. Basically, the tier system puts different areas in England in different tiers, and regions are classified as being at medium, which is tier 1, high, that's tier 2, or very high, tier 3, levels. And there are greater restrictions in areas in, for example, tier 3, compared to areas in tier 1. If, for example, an area is in tier 3, which areas like Lancashire and the Liverpool City region are in, there is no household mixing indoors or outdoors. A rule of six applies in outdoor public places. Pubs and bars not serving meals are closed, whereas in Tier 1, pubs and restaurants are open but have to shut at 10pm and people have to follow the rule of six if meeting indoors or outdoors. In Tier 2, which is the tier that areas like Essex, London, York and Surrey are in. There is no household mixing indoors. Pubs and restaurants close at 10pm and the rule of six applies outdoors. Shops, schools and universities can stay open even in tier three areas. This has all been introduced because the number of cases of coronavirus in England has quadrupled in the last three weeks and there are now more people in hospital with coronavirus than before the lockdown in March, which is really terrible news. Meanwhile, France has reported more than 30,000 new infections and the President, Emmanuel Macron, has announced some new restrictions to reduce the daily rise in cases. These restrictions include night curfews and in certain parts of France, like Paris and its suburbs, and eight other cities, including Marseille and Lyon, residents will not be allowed to leave their homes without a valid reason between 9pm and 6am. The World Health Organization has warned that tough restrictions are absolutely necessary to save lives. Hi, it's Rose here. A new report released last week said that Australia's Great Barrier Reef has lost more than half of its corals since 1995 due to warmer seas driven by climate change. The study was conducted by marine scientists at the ARC Centre of Excellence for Coral Reef Studies in Queensland, Australia. Scientists assessed the health and size of coral colonies across the reef from 1995 to 2017 and found all types of corals have suffered a decline across the world's largest reef system. They found populations dropped by more than 50% in all coral sizes and species, but especially in branching and table-shaped corals. 
These are the large structural species of coral, which usually provide habitats for fish and other marine life. The study's co-author, University Professor Terry Hughes, said it found mass bleaching events triggered by record-breaking water temperatures in 2016 and 2017 had the most significant impact on coral depletion. More mass bleaching occurred this year. Bleaching occurs when corals under stress drive out the algae that gives them colour. Corals can recover if normal conditions return, but it can take decades, the researchers said. There is no time to lose. We must sharply decrease greenhouse gas emissions ASAP. Hi, it's Laurie here. Last week, the planet Mars shone at its biggest and brightest. It's an orbit lined up with the Earth on the same side as the Sun. Every 26 months, Earth and Mars move closer together. Before then moving apart on their separate orbits around our star, it meant astronomers were able to clearly see the red planet from Earth and could try to understand more about it. At the closest point last week, called opposition, the two planets were separated by just 38.6 million miles. Whilst the Earth takes one year, or 365 days, to go around the Sun, Mars orbits the Sun at a greater distance than Earth, and takes about 26 months to complete one orbit. Three global space missions currently on their way to Mars. One from China and one from America. And one from the United Arab Emirates. The UAE Mars mission is called HOPE. It left Earth in July this year and is currently travelling at over 100,000 kilometres per hour. It is due to reach Mars in 2021. Hello, this is Isa. Did you know that earlier this month, on the 10th of October, it was World Mental Health Day? This is a worldwide event which is designed to raise more awareness about mental health conditions. Lots of people suffer from mental health conditions, for example, depression or anxiety, and these conditions can really affect their day-to-day life. World Mental Health Day aims to raise awareness of these conditions and also to remove any embarrassment that people may feel in talking about these conditions or admitting that they are suffering from them. This year, focusing on mental health is more important than ever as lockdown and worries caused by the coronavirus pandemic have been affecting lots of people's mental health. This year's theme, which was set by the World Federation for Mental Health, is Mental Health for All. So the day was all about how we can make mental health better for everyone. It was a chance to think about what you can do to look out for others and also to make sure you are looking after your own mental health. If you are struggling with your mental health or you know someone that is, the most important thing is to talk to an adult that you trust. There are also lots of things you can do when to help your mental health, like spending time outside, exercising, getting out and eating a good healthy diet. What do you do to improve your mental health? When I'm feeling worried about something, I talk to my parents or I write it down and calm myself down. 
What do you do, Zara? Well, when I'm worried about something, I too speak to one of my parents because I know that they will not tell anyone about how I'm feeling at that point. I would also try to calm myself down by doing some yoga in a quiet place. What about you, Rose? When I'm worried about something, I would probably find something relaxing to do to take my mind off things, like reading or colouring. And you, Laurie? If I'm feeling worried about something, I'll just tell my mum or dad or my sister Rose. Hello, this is Zara. This week, on the 13th of October, it was Ada Lovelace Day. Ada Lovelace Day is an international celebration of the achievements of women in science, technology, engineering and math, also known as STEM, and aims to raise the profile of women in STEM, encourage more girls into STEM careers and support women already working in those fields. Ada Lovelace was a very famous English mathematician and writer. A lot of people think of her as one of the first computer programmers in history and she is often regarded as the first to recognise the full potential of computers all the way back in the 1800s. She was the daughter of the famous poet Lord Byron and ever since she was a little girl she had a fascination with machines. In 1833 she met the inventor and engineer Charles Babbage. She was very interested in his plans for a device called the analytical engine, which was never built, but it has all the elements of a modern computer. Ada wrote lots of her own comments about how the machine could work, and these could in fact be described as early computer programs. She wrote about how codes could be created for the device to handle letters and symbols along with numbers. Her work inspired Alan Turing's work on the first modern computers in the 1940s. Ada died at the age of 36 and her love of mathematics and engineering have made her a symbol of modern women in technology. So how is Ada Lovelace Day actually celebrated? Well, usually the day is marked by a science event hosted in London where women in STEM careers give short talks about their work or research. This year, there are restrictions due to the coronavirus, and so it was a day of blogging, twittering and facebooking. There was a selection of webinars and other online events, with organisers wanting people to join in by highlighting what they call hidden advocates. That could be, for example, teachers and all other women who go above and beyond to support girls and women in STEM. I think it's great to have a day like this. I remember last year, before the pandemic, Mastercard held a Girls for Tech conference at my school and I really enjoyed learning about technology and what women do with STEM careers. Ada Lovelace has showed me and many others that women can do anything. So this is slightly late as Ada Lovelace Day has passed, but a big thank you to everyone who came to the Girls for Tech conference. Hi, it's Rose here. In the second climate change story, last week Prince William and Sir David Attenborough formally launched the Earthshot Prize, a new annual prize which they hope will become the Nobel Prize for Environmentalism. With £50 million to be awarded over a decade, the Earthshot Prize is the biggest environmental prize ever. Five £1 million prizes will be awarded each year for the next 10 years, aiming to provide at least 50 solutions to some of the world's environmental problems. Inspired by John F. Kennedy's ambitious moonshot lunar program, the prize is centred on five Earthshot, simple but ambitious goals for the planet. These are 
protect and restore nature, clean our air, revive our oceans, build a waste-free world and fix our climate. The prince said positivity had been missing from the climate debate, something the award could supply. He called for amazing people to create brilliant innovative projects and said that anyone can win. He told the BBC, The Earthshot Prize is really about harnessing that optimism and that urgency to find solutions to some of the world's greatest environmental problems. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.